Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Welcome to the hurricane party. We're glad you showed up today. So glad. Thank you for coming. Um, you know, what a great opportunity. Uh, they started broadcasting a few, several days ago that maybe we wouldn't have Sunday. And I thought, oh, no, come on. I, I want to see everybody on Sunday. It's such a great time. And we're in this series called Mission Possible. I want to continue this today. If you have your Bible, if you have your iPhone, your iPad, your eyeballs, let's make our confession together, shall we? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. So we're in the third part of this Mission Possible series, and I, I hope it's helped you and it's uh, been a blessing to you. We're continuing this, and today we're talking about questions, questions, questions. Um, as I was thinking about questions, I remember reading a story where the lion uh, was walking through the jungle one day, and he saw a giraffe, and he said, Long neck, who's the king of the jungle? The giraffe said, Well, you are, lion, you are. The lion growled, Good answer. Walked a little farther, and he saw a gorilla, and he said, Hey, big boy, who's the uh, king of the jungle? The gorilla said, well, you are lion. And the lion growled, good answer. Went a little farther and he saw the elephant. The elephant was at the river. He had two of his feet in the river and he was picking up water with his trunk and bathing himself. And uh, the lion came up to him and said, hey, fat boy, who's the king of the jungle? And the elephant just kept spraying himself. And the lion stood there uh, pawing with his paw. And the elephant reached over, took his trunk, grabbed the lion's neck, threw him three or four times on the ground, threw him under the water, held him for 30 seconds, flung him up in the air against a tree. And as the lion, as the lion is slithering down the side of the tree, he simply said, man, you ain't got to get mad because you don't know the answer to that one. I may not know the answer to every question, but there are some questions that I better know the answer to. Uh, like the uh, couple that was attending a marriage seminar. And, and by the way, if you're married, you need to come to our marriage night, date night coming up. So they were attending a, a seminar, a couple seminar on communication. And the leader said, you know, you need to be sure that you know your spouse real well. You need to know their likes and their dislikes. And so he said to the gentleman, describe to me your wife's favorite flower. And the guy smiled real big, leaned over, touched his wife on the hand, and he said, Pillsbury all-purpose, I believe, isn't it? 
I don't think he answered that one right. How about you? We need to know how to answer that. Last week, I talked about life's two most important questions. Before our week go into eternity, we have a final exam. And uh, I remember when I was in school, I always loved it when they gave me the questions in advance, right? Remember, those were good days. Or having an open book, that was good. And because God wants us to spend eternity with him, he's given us the two questions that we need to answer in advance. Here's the first question. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? He doesn't say, how affluent were you? He doesn't say, how much money did you make? He doesn't say how successful you are, but he said, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for your sins so that you could spend eternity with me in heaven, that you could have purpose on this earth, and you could be forgiven of your sins. So I hope that you have answered that question by saying, I put my trust in Jesus. My eternity is in his hands. If you have invited Christ into your heart and you know without a shadow of a doubt that he's your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand high and say, yep, that's me. That's me. I know that. So you got one question down. The second question is this. What did you do with what I gave you to complete the mission? What did you do with what I gave you to complete the mission. Uh, Jesus had a mission, and when he left, he left that mission to us, his church. He says in John 17 and 18, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, talking to God, I give them a mission in the world. All of us have a mission, and the mission is not something selfish. The mission is to complete his mission. It's his mission, and he said, now, I want you to complete what I have started. You say, well, what is that? Is it like I'm supposed to be, you know, generous? Am I supposed to help people? You know, what, what's, what, what is the answer? What is my mission? What is my life mission? Paul tells us that in the next verse you see in your notes there in Acts 20 and 24. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. Would you say that with me? Complete my mission. I don't want to get halfway through something, right? But I want to complete my mission. He says, the work, my mission is, look at this, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me. You say, well, what is that work? Read it with me. To tell people the good news about God's grace. So what's our life mission? Say it with me. To tell people the good news about God's grace. Let's say it again. To tell people the good news about God's grace. In other words, got a heartbeat still living emergency team is in the back say they can carry you out if you don't but evidently everybody's still got a heartbeat maybe some faster than the others but you still have a heartbeat so that means your purpose is not finished God has sent you into this world with a divine purpose and the purpose is first of all to get to know his son for eternity and second of all to fulfill the mission that he's given you each of us have a mission that nobody else can fulfill. I can't finish your mission for you, and you can't finish mine. You can't say, I'm going to go to church today, and then uh, Terry can finish my mission for me. No. You see, the Lord placed us in what I call spheres of influence. He put you in a place where you have influence with people that, that I don't. Maybe it's people on your job, people that you work with, 
Maybe it's your family members. And, and you, you have a sphere of influence. In other words, I don't know them. I have my sphere of influence, and you have yours. So people say, well, you know, I, I just don't like my job. I hate my job. I'm wor- and I have a bunch of heathens. God says, good news. You understood the first part. I put you in a needy place. And of all the people that God put where you work, he put you. You say, no, I had to take this job because the other one ended. No, he put you there. He put you there because he trusted that you could be the salt and the light that would influence somebody to him. He put you in the city, the town, the place you are because he says, I need you to fulfill the mission that I have. So let me ask you this. In your sphere of influence, do you know at least one person who is a candidate for the grace and the forgiving love of Jesus? Do you, do you know at least one? Would you raise your hand? You know at least one person in your sphere of influence, not mine, but in your sphere of influence. And if you don't know somebody in your sphere of influence, you've been hanging around with too many Christians. You don't understand your mission. Your mission is not to come to church and to clap our hands and have a good feeling. The mission is to come here, uh, get some teaching, equipping, and leave here to go out there to our mission field, right? Listen, think about it like this. If somebody died for all of your sins, and they had an invitation to invite you into a new heaven and a new earth, wouldn't you want to know about that? Wouldn't you want to know about that? Jesus died for every person in this world. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and 9. God isn't late with his promises, as some measure lateness. He is doing what? Restraining himself on account of you. He said, people say, man, look, the world's getting to be such a horrible place. Come on, Jesus, what are you waiting on? Come on, come back. And he says in this verse, I'm restraining my coming because of those in your sphere of influence that are lost. Unless their destinies are changed and they allow what Jesus paid for, their sins, they're going to spend eternity lost, eternity lost without Jesus. So here's how much God loves your friends. He's giving everyone space and time to change. See, you saying, Lord, why don't, why don't you come? He said, I'm just giving them a little space and a little time to change. How many of you that are a believer would agree with me? This is not a trick question, but would agree with me. I believe that it's my job as a believer, my mission as a believer, to share the good news of Jesus Christ in some way or another. Would you raise your hand? Just hold it up. Hold it up. Look at all the hands. Look at all the hands that are around. My question then is, why aren't we doing it? Do you realize that only about 10% of believers ever personally are involved in sharing the good news and leading someone to Jesus in the average church? But I don't believe this is the average church. I believe it's more than that. Jesus called us to be fishers of men. But so many times we prefer to stand and watch the fishing instead of being involved in that. Listen, I know how you feel. I'm not putting guilt and condemnation on you. 
You know, people a lot of times misjudge me because I'm up here running my mouth all the time, okay? But let me tell you about my temperament. I am an introvert extrovert. That means I would be totally comfortable walking into a room where that I don't know anybody and leave not knowing anybody. All right? I, I'm, I'm not one of those persons that walk in a room and feel like I immediately have to start a conversation with everybody in there. You know, thank God for extroverts. Thank God for extroverts. They know exactly how to say. They know exactly what to do. How many of you know some of those extroverts, right? How many of those extroverts drive you absolutely crazy? Thank you. Thank God for extroverts. But we're not all extroverts. So some of you sitting here today and say, Terry, I know I should, but listen, I, I, just, I, I just can't. I, I can't do that. I can't share the good news. I, I can't witness. You, you just don't know. It's just, it's hard. I, I get sweaty palms. I'm, I say stupid things. I do. Look, I'm with you, okay? I'm with you. This last week, uh, Monday morning at 2.30 a.m., I had to get up to catch a flight in Orlando that left at 520. I was invited to a one-day event up in Washington, D.C. with uh, 20 to 25 young millennial pastors who pastor great churches in the uh, eastern region. So I, I was invited to go up there. So I, went, I wanted to go up early enough before the event started that I could go to Ebenezer's Coffee House which is Mark Batterson's coffee house. And those of you who've read Mark's books, you, you, you know, because I just felt like I wanted to go hang out there and study for a while and just catch some of the faith that was there. So I got in an Uber to go from the hotel I was staying at to go to uh, Ebenezer's coffee house. I'm sitting in the back seat, and uh, the thought hits me, you need to add value to this young driver. There's a need in his life. Now, I wish I could tell you my initial response was, hallelujah, I get to share the gospel. My initial response of, oh, no. Give me a break. I've been up since 2.30. Let me sleep till I get to Ebenezer's. But then I remembered, I'm going to face you today, and I'm going to have to teach. And that'd be a sorry example <laughs> to say that I felt the Lord touch my heart and I said, heck no, I'm too busy, I'm too tired. So here's what I did. I said, Lord, evidently um, you want me to add some value to this young man. So I pray that you give me the right words to say. And if I have the opportunity to pray the prayer with him. But Lord, help me to just move with your spirit. So I got to talking with him. He's a young man who had a degree in sports broadcasting. Had a great job, was looking for a great future in sports broadcasting, and uh, he lost that job, and he felt like that his time had passed him, and now he's an Uber driver, and wasn't excited about being an Uber driver, okay? In Washington, D.C., I wouldn't either. So anyway, we got to talking, and the Lord said, just talk to him about destiny. Talk to him about you're never too late to fulfill your destiny that God has for you. So I began talking to him about that. I began asking him, does he have a home church? Does he go? And uh, I, I talked to him about Ebenezer's Coffeehouse. I talked to him about Mark Batterson's church there in the Capitol. And, and, I, and I did all of that. Now, I wish I could say to you and come and give you a report today and say, I did the deal. I prayed the prayer with him, and he gave his heart to the Lord. But I didn't. 
You see, I think sometimes we get so focused on doing the deal, we forget the process of adding value to people and letting them know that God really loves them and cares for them. I think sometimes we're trying to close the deal, and closing the deal is really not what we're all about. We're all about being salt and light. If we are able to close the deal, hallelujah, amen, glory. But some of you need to just relax and know that, as, as the Scripture said, some sow a seed, some waters, but God gives the increase. Do you believe that? Just take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord. So I, I thought, okay, well, I got my next Uber car, and I thought, okay, here we go. I got a captive audience for a while. So I talked to him about the Lord and said, hey, isn't it great that God loves us? You know, it's just crazy. You just do however you sort of feel like you are. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm glad God loves me, got a great plan for my life. I'm a believer. I'm on my way to heaven. I said, well, hallelujah. Now I can sleep. <laughs> Let's get real, okay? I'm with you. I'm not against you. I'm with you. We need to stop spinning, justifying, rationalizing, or explaining to our conscience why we're not sharing the gospel. Let's just get real. Let's get real. Is it because I'm lazy? Is it because I'm apathetic? Is it because I don't want to be bothered? Is it because that I'm not sure how good I'll do? There's probably a lot of questions. So I want to talk about some key questions that I often deal with when people say, well, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not sure I'm the person to, uh, to be able to do this thing. So let me, let me share some questions that, that I often hear. Number one, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I say the wrong thing? Terry, I'll probably blow it. I'd probably say the wrong thing and run them away from God rather than toward him. So I think I better leave it to the professionals and to the people who know more than I know. Listen, think about that. Do you think you run this show? God is in charge of this show, right? I can just, I can just see God in heaven, right? Wringing his hands saying, oh no, what's Terry going to do? Oh, he's going to witness. Oh, no. He always says the wrong thing. Oh, my. He's going to blow it. I'll never be able to reach that guy. I can't believe he's going to probably say the wrong thing. Can you imagine God's? No. He's not worried about that. He's not worried if you say the wrong thing. You're not going to drive somebody away from the Lord. You see, the measure of success in witnessing is not that the person came to Christ that you were praying with, it's not that you close the deal. It's just simply that you are salt and light. You add value to them. You point them to Jesus. Yay, God, if you can pray the prayer with them. Bill Bright said this, and I love it. Success in witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Leaving the results of God. Listen. Listen to me real closely right here. This is going to help some of us today. Don't worry about convincing somebody to believe in Jesus. Don't worry about spending all your time converting someone. Here's the only thing we need to work with. Just communicate with people. Just communicate with people. Not just, oh, I've got a, man, I've just, I've just got, no. You just be salt and you be light, okay? Here's a second question. But Terry, 
is it right to force my view on somebody else? You know, Terry, I, I feel uncomfortable enforcing my views on someone who may not believe in God or believe in Jesus. Excuse me, wait. I'm not asking you to force your views. Never did Jesus say your assignment is to grab somebody around the neck and force your views on them. Squeeze them so tight that, you know, if they don't make the decision. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I want you to share the good news. I just want you to tell the good news. You see, there's a difference between obnoxious coercion and just telling the good news, right? In uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 20, the religious leaders said to the uh, disciples, hey, we want you to stop talking about Jesus. Stop sharing the good news. Stop it. Stop it right now. And here's what they said. Read it with me. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. I said, I'm not trying to coerce somebody. I'm, not, I'm just saying to somebody, right now is a prime time. You're going to hear people say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen with this storm. I don't know where it's going. I just, I just feel so fearful. What a great opportunity for you to just simply say, tell what you've seen and what you've heard. You know, I used to be fearful like that, and I invited Jesus into my heart, and even when I feel fearful at times, I'm able to talk to him, and his peace comes into my life. You haven't coerced anybody. You just said, let me tell you. You see, it's just saying, you know what? Once I was like this, but here's how I am now. And the only difference is Jesus came into my life. You are an expert in witnessing in one area. What happened to you? Nobody People say, well, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. No, it happened to you. Don't decide for somebody before you have an opportunity of whether or not they want to hear the gospel. Well, you know, I'm just not sure that my, this person would want to hear the gospel. Don't decide for them until you have an opportunity to do that. Here's a third question. What if I can't answer all their questions? You know, they may ask me a question, and I'd look like a dunce, and I better leave it for the professionals. So many times when you start to talk to somebody and share Christ, some of the questions they'll bring up is, wait, wait, if God is a good God, then why? Or what about the dinosaurs? Here's how I answer that. I don't know. I've often wondered the same thing. If God is a good God, then why do bad things happen? Uh, I'm just honest. Anybody else ever worry? About, I mean, think about things like that? I mean, we don't always have to know all the answers right now. But you see, God doesn't hold us responsible for what we don't know. He just holds us responsible for what we do know. So when somebody tries to divert me down the path like that, if I know the answer, I'll try to answer it. But if I don't know the answer to them, I'll simply say, hey, I don't know the answer to that. I'll do my best to try to find out the answer. Or, you know these little cards we give out, these Sunday fun day cards and the others? On the back, we have this site, website, truelife.org. And it's free videos that answer some of life's toughest questions. Why don't you go there and check it out? And then I'll just get back around just being salt and light. You don't have to be able to answer all the questions. In John 9 and 25, the religious system was asking the blind man, Hey, 
is this Jesus really God? Is he really God? Tell me, tell me what, you know, it's diverting. But notice what he does. Notice how the blind man brings it back around. He replied, I don't know nothing one way or the other about what you're talking about this Messiah thing. But one thing I know for sure, I was blind and now I see. That is sharing the good news. That is not, well, I don't know the Roman gospel. I don't know all the verses. No, this is what I was. This is how I am now. You see, people respond to your personal experiences more than they respond to our our physiological, spiritual gymnastics. It's not your argument that's going to persuade anybody. Persuasion is the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God, the salvation for everyone who believes. It simply says, look, it's not the power of me sharing the good news. It's the sheer good news of the gospel that has power to change lives. Hallelujah. Here's another question. Question four. What if they reject me? Well, what if they don't reject you? Jesus never said that we would lead a life in which would. He, he just simply said this. You go with my message in my authority. And if they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message that I've sent you to take. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In life, how many times have you been rejected? But why would we hold back telling somebody about the truth of the beautiful gospel of Jesus? So question number five, what can I do? What can I do? Well, here's the first one. Just fill this in. Here's the first one. This is one I think sometimes we we just overlook. Here it is. This is a big one. Are you ready? Pray. Pray, right? Isn't it amazing how many times we start to do things and we don't pray about it? We just jump in. I mean, in the back of the car, I got to be honest with you. The first thing I did after I felt that nudging of the Lord is I prayed. Because really, I wasn't really excited about doing that. Now, I know I should have been. Isn't that terrible? You got a pastor who wasn't excited about that. Hello. You should say, thank God I identify with you. Probably 10% of you don't. You think I should have done better, but I didn't. But I knew I needed prayer because I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah, I have, I have two master's degrees. I have a, a, other degrees beyond that. But when it comes to people's eternities, I'm not going to risk that on what I know here, but I'm going to risk that on what he is, who he is, and I'm going to put it to prayer before I say anything, right? Hello? Maybe the reason we don't have opportunities to share the good news is that we don't pray for those. We do a little thing around here called the 10-2 prayer. How many of you do the 10-2 prayer? It's like a dance. You ever seen the 10-2 dance? This is a 10-2 prayer. Just kidding. I don't know about the dance. 10-2. I don't know. But at 10-2, it's from Luke 10-2. We set our alarm for 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. It's a perpetual alarm. And we're praying a prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. It's from Luke 10 and 2. It's our memory verse. Let's say it together. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. So we start there and we pray. I mean, how would it be that before we leave today, you just simply say, Lord, 
If I go to a restaurant today, would you give me the opportunity of just being salt and light? Would you give me the opportunity of just encouraging somebody or maybe even praying for somebody? So we start off with prayer every day. First thing I get up, I, I say this, this is my ritual. This is the day the Lord made. I'm on my way to the rip bathroom. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. I thank you, God, that you'll allow me to add value to somebody today. You'll lead me into somebody's path today that I can be salt and light. I thank you that you give me the grace to guard my heart, to guard my eyes, to keep myself, to be who you want me to be. And I pray today that my life will be for your glory, not for myself. And that's my morning ritual. That's what I pray every day. And I start that believing. Believing, believing that God can take my path and lead me into the path of someone that needs to hear the gospel, the good news, or at least that Jesus loves them, okay? So we start with prayer. Second of all, we plan. We plan. What's your plan? What's your plan to share the good news? What's your plan? Around here we say we're going to invest, invite, and bring. Say that with me. Invest, invite, and bring. Let's say it again. Invest, invite, and bring. So we're not asking that you have to learn to always share the gospel with somebody. But I'm going to say, I'm going to partner with you. And if you'll bring them to church. Um, we have these Sunday fun day cards. And the ushers are coming. And they've got some more. And uh, we're going to ask you to take a six-pack out. We only have a few days. Sunday, September the 22nd is Sunday fun day with friends. Uh, we have a petting zoo, a water slide, free food, um, um, uh, food truck. It's going to be a lot of great things. We're starting a brand new series, and I'll talk to you about that new series. And people say, well, what's Sunday Fun Day all about? It's an opportunity for you to invite someone to church, but it's a little different. You can say, hey, go to church with me, and I, I, get, you, uh, I get you a really good donut and coffee. Hey, come to church with me, and I'll be sure you get a good hot dog or uh, get you uh, whatever the food truck has got and, uh, you know, whatever. But it's, it's a fishing lure, right? As a, as a young man, I fished a lot. I'm, I'm burnt out, so I don't fish anymore. Uh, I'll go deep sea fishing one of these days. But fishing, we fish for bass. I'd have a certain lure. Fish for bluegill, have a certain lure. Fish for catfish, had a different lure. So Sunday fun day is just another fishing lure. Because it's not getting people here at the Father's house, but it's getting people here so that they can hear the good news of Jesus. I'm hoping and believing for about 12 to 1,500 people on the campus on Sunday fun day. Would you, can you believe with me? Can you invite in several people like that? I mean, I've been passing out cards. Have you been doing passing out cards? Everywhere I go, I pass out a card, say, I'd like to invite you to come to Sunday fun day. And uh, they look at it, and they'll say, oh, petting zoo. I say, you have kids? No, but I love animals. Okay, come. You can pet the animals, all right? You can do that. And then I'll say to them, I'll say, is there anything I can pray with you about? And I don't rush through that. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Sometimes I have people say, well, nobody's ever asked me that before. People are always asking me for things. Just simple. So if you can partner with me on that day, wouldn't it be great if about 75 or 100 people made a decision for Christ for eternity on that one day? Wouldn't it be awesome that then we'd have to plan a separate baptismal day to baptize everybody who makes a decision to give to the heart to the Lord? So would you do everything you can in your midst in your, in your power to invite as many people as you can come on Sunday fun day? Thank you. Thank you for that roaring uh, yes. Now, 
We're going to start on Sunday, fun day, a brand new series called Unshakable. Standing strong when things go wrong. Partnered up with a friend of mine, Nelson Searcy, on this book. And I wrote the foreword to this one. Here's what it says. You can't stop the storms of life from raging, but you can discover how to be unshakable. In this book, we talk about practical guides to, for family problems, illness, lack of purpose, temptation, financial stress, death of a loved one, and more. So what we're doing is that we're starting a brand new series. We'll teach on this on Sunday mornings for five or six weeks. And then in your life groups, you're going to study this book together. You're going to do a sermon review and study this, and it's going to be life-changing because everybody goes through those different things. So what we're asking you to do is that we're asking you to buy one of these books. They're $10. Asking you to buy one of these books and then to sow a seed to say as you buy a book, hey, I'll buy me a book, and I want to pay $10 to buy a book for a first-time guest that will come to the Father's house. Or you say, you know what? I'll buy a book, and I'll seed three books. I'll buy three, or I'll buy five. And uh, so we're just we're making these books available for our first-time guests, but you want to get a copy. So I'm asking you to partner with me in that. And if you want me to sign the forward, I'll be happy to sign it. I'll be out in the foyer after service, and we can do that. So we want to pray. We want to plan. And then we want to accept we want to accept this job. We want, to, we want to do this and not look for somebody else, but we want to say, you know what? I'm willing to do this because I don't want to just go through life and talk about it, but I want to really experience this. Next week, man, you don't want to miss next week. Next week's going to be totally different. I'm not going to really teach or preach, but I'm going to have some chairs set down here, and I'm going to invite someone up, a, a young lady that spent most of her Christian life and never personally led anybody to the Lord. And in one of our small groups, got so touched by the Lord when I said, could we get serious about leading someone to the Lord? She started praying, Lord, help me to win someone to you. She had a coworker, a friend that was unchurched, had never been to church. And so she began to build a bridge of investing, inviting, and then bringing to church. And here at church, that young lady raised her hand, prayed that prayer, and we baptized her. So next Sunday, I'm going to interview the two of them. I'm going to say, what was it like when you decided that you wanted to be sure that you could pray and lead at least one person to the Lord? And then I want to talk to the unchurched lady and say, well, what was it like when somebody, you know, what are the turnoffs that we do sometimes? What are the things that drew you to make that decision? And um, then you're going to be able to text in questions that you have, and we're just going to take time to do that. I mean, it's like a, it's like a how-to. It's like a TED Talk, except you can answer questions about it, all right? So don't miss that next week, because it's going to help us to understand that, because we want to accept our mission to win. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great that when you get to heaven, you've got a long list of people behind you that you've led to the Lord? I mean, we can all do a lot of different things, but you see... When you, when you spend your time and in inviting somebody and, and they come to church with you, maybe on Sunday, fun day, and you're going you're gonna to pray up. I mean, I love it when you invite people because you pray. You pray for me. You may not pray for me all year, but when you invite somebody, you start praying. You pray, Lord, don't let him say anything stupid. <laughs> Lord, please, please. And, uh, and the, this is my friend. Uh, please don't let him run them off. And, and, you're, and you're, you're silently praying because you, you love that friend. And you want to spend eternity with them. It's not just that we mark up somebody, but their eternity has changed. 
And so you're praying all along. And then, then we get to the invitation, and I share the gospel, the good news. And I say, bow your heads, and if you'd like to make that decision today, surrender your heart to the Lord. You know what you do? You peek. You open one eye. And you're just, you're just hoping. You're just praying. Please, Lord, let today be the day. And I promise you, when they raise their hand and they pray that prayer, there's going to be something that happens in your life and you will say, why did I wait so long to get on this mission of changing people's eternities? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for loving us, for caring for us. No guilt, no condemnation. We just want to get serious, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, who is it for me? Who is it? that you want me to invite. Now, look up here for just a moment. We'll continue that prayer in a moment. Would you take out your connection card? Andrea asked us all to fill that out just a minute ago. This is one I filled out from the last service. On the back side where it says my next step today, there's a place there that says other. And there's one, two, three, four blanks. Would you write down when I asked you earlier, I said, do you know somebody in your sphere of influence that's ripe for the grace message of Jesus? Would you write their name down? And would you drop that connection card in the offering bucket as it comes by in a few minutes? And I'm going to get a list of those names. And I'm going to join you. We have 20-something days till Sunday fun day. And I'm going to join you in prayer. I got a couple of guys' names written down here. That man, every Easter, every Christmas, every special day, I'm inviting them, I'm giving them a card, I'm seeing them when I walk into their business, say, oh yeah, it must be Easter, Christmas, or a big day. And they said to me, if I ever come to church, I'll come to your church. I said, not if, but when. When. Man, it's been a long time. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let them die lost on my watch. I'm going to do everything short I can of seeing them come to the Lord. So would you write those names down? Because I want to pray with you over those names. Now as you hold that card, I want to pray for us. If you'll, if you'll close your eyes, bow your head, and just agree with me in prayer. God, I pray that you would use our church and every person that's here today that we would care about someone deeply. God, I pray that you would use us. And God, whatever circumstance, whatever you need to do, Lord, would you, would you expose your love to the people's names that we've written on these cards? God, would you, would you show up with your grace and your mercy? And God, I pray that you would give us the sensitivity to see that when we can invite somebody to come to church or even be bold enough to invite them to pray, the prayer to invite Jesus in. God, there's a lot of stories in this room right now. Help us to quit excusing ourselves away and help us, Lord, to be used of you 
in your name. As you continue to pray, there may be someone here today that you say, you know, I've, I've seen such freedom here today and seems to be a lot of joy in this house. When you talk about sense of purpose, you know, of life mission, that's something I don't have. Let me tell you today that you're not here by accident, nor are you watching online by accident. Some of you that are here today, you've been searching your whole life, and you thought, you know, if I, if I ever get enough money, then I'll be happy. If I ever get enough right friends, then I'll be happy. If I ever start my business and it gets successful, then I'll be happy. If I ever get the right image in the community, then I'll be happy. How's that working for you? There's still that void on the inside of you, that void that's there. Why is it there? Why does it seem to be even in the midst of all the stuff that you've got? Because you see, you're missing the very reason you were created. Our problem is we're separated from God by our sins. Sin draws us away from God, and we're incapable of getting to God on our own. But that's the amazing grace, the good news of Jesus. God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, that he would die for your sins and my sins on the cross, that he would rise on the third day, and his resurrection defeated death, hell, and the grave. And maybe today you recognize that and you say, Terry, I know, I know I'm not ready to meet him. I need his forgiveness. I need his life. I want to be able to serve him. I need his grace. There's just such an empty void in my life and I try to push it away, but it's still there. Even when I come to church and do all the church things, it's still there because I know he's knocking on my heart's door. So if that's you this morning, and you're those of you that are watching online, in just a minute I'm going to ask you to let me pray for you. The only way I know to pray for you is if you would raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, Terry, it's me today. I need my sins forgiven. I need my eternity settled. I've come to church, but I've never really made that decision to totally surrender. But today I'm ready to do that. I want to do that today. If that's you, would you just very bravely, very honestly, just raise your hand high and make eye contact with me and say, that's me. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Others today say, that's me. Just raise your hand. Let me pray with you. Those of you that are watching online, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. This is the day. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. Somebody right now, I mean, your palms are sweaty, your heart's beating. I mean, even, even a little tear in your eye because you know, you know you're not ready to meet him. Your parents raised you in church. You came to church. You even raised your own kids in church. But you know today that you are not right with God. Please let me pray with you today. Just lift your hand and say, include me in this prayer. Include me in this prayer today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you today. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you who raised your hands and those of you who are watching online, we're going to pray together today. Nobody prays this prayer alone. Let's pray it together. All around the church, let's pray it. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me. And he rose again so I could live. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you now. As best as I know how, I want to serve you 
the rest of my life. Today I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.